your home of the pins and the best pins coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh, an iHeart Radio station. Tom Wilson of the Washington Capitals hit Brian Dumoulin in the head yesterday. It was an outrage. It was intentional. It was violent. But it was not. I repeat, it was not. It was not surprising. That's how Tom Wilson plays. He tries to hurt people. The fact Wilson has been suspended only twice during his five-year career is an indictment of the NHL and its laissez-faire player safety policies and does not in any way excuse Wilson's dangerous style of play. Wilson hurt Eric Winberg of Columbus in the first round. It was almost the same hit as the one on Dumo. I got the videos posted side-by-side on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Check them out. Him and Ovi make it a sandwich of an opposing player. Ovi distracts the guy and Wilson lowers the boom. Two identical hits, but no surprise, again, because it's what Tom Wilson does. The NHL doesn't have many meatheads left, but Wilson is definitely public enema number one. He won't go away because the NHL won't make him, and the worst part is Wilson scored 14 goals this year, and that gives the Capitals an excuse to play him and gives him far too much credibility as a hockey player. The only way to get even is to win the series. Any attempt by the Penguins to get Tom Wilson would go against their grain and likely be counterproductive. The Penguins' way has worked pretty well the last two years, so just win the series. But in the meantime, yo, Tom Wilson, guess what? You just made the list! The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Cont on a name you can trust. Call 412-333-WXDX for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. Actually, that's the radio station's number. Look it up online, for God's sakes. Do I have to do all the work for you? No, it's 412-367-0815. I told the heartbreaking story earlier in the show about witnessing a young deer very frightened, accidentally getting on Route 79 uh, on the bridge, the overpass above Neville Island, and being so rattled it jumped off the bridge to its death. Uh, People online are making jokes about that on Twitter because I tweeted it too. I hope the same thing happens with your sister or your wife or one of your kids, and then we'll see how funny it is. I'm not kidding. For what, how can you joke about something like that? How is that funny? How is that in the least bit effing funny? Friggin' people. Friggin' social media. How it's emboldened the worst kind of people and, and brings out the worst in them. 412 Uh My old boss at WCW, Eric Bischoff, is doing a podcast, because everybody is, about the 83 weeks. It's going to be weekly something. I don't know. About the 83 weeks that uh, 
WCW's Monday Night Wrestling program beat WWE in the ratings. And I, of course, was working for WCW at that time. The podcast is called 83 Weeks. And in the opening uh, edition, they asked Eric about me, whoever the co-host is. And Eric said, Mark Madden was difficult to manage and often went into business for himself. Well, yeah. I put myself over too much my wit, and I did it at the expense of the talent. Uh, but it wasn't a great product then. And I shouldn't have done it. I should have done better. I should have been coached more, too. And I always liked Eric Bischoff. And, and I'll take his criticism because I like and respect him. And, you know, working for him paid for my house. I really enjoyed working for Eric. So all best wishes to him. And I, I can't say that description is inaccurate. In fact, it probably applies right now here at 105.9 The X. Not the difficult to manage part. Well, maybe a little. But, uh, well, you know what? When you're the sole host of a radio program, your job is to go in business for yourself. And boy, isn't this an ideal job for somebody like me then? Uh, also, I'm going to post this video tomorrow. There's a video out there of Britney Spears working out. She had that little lull. I mean, when she was a teenager... She was unbelievable looking. I remember when she did Super Bowl halftime and she was on stage with Joe Perry and Steven Tyler of Aerosmith, and they were leering at her like they were wolves and she was a pork chop. But now, you know, she had that period where she was, you know, messed up. She shaved her head, all that crazy crap. Now she's 36. She does a engagement in Vegas that's been going on for years. I should go see it because this video she posted working out, she might be the best-looking woman on the planet right now at age 36. She's that good-looking now again. Wow. Anyway, let's talk hockey. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Just, just to go over some of the basics we've been talking about all day, uh, the Hornquist goal should have counted. The Verona goal should not have counted. Uh, what Wilson did to Dumoulin, targeting his head, was deliberate. I believe Wilson deliberately tries to hurt people. I believe the Capitals as a team deliberately try to hurt Penguins. I think Murray's playing great. Any criticism of his glove is just insane. I think Broussard could do a little more and will do a little more. I think Kessel's playing hurt. Dumoulin, Haglin, and Malkin all practice today. If any one of them would play tomorrow, that would be a big help. You know, it's weird. The way the team's constructed... If I had to pick one of those guys to play, I could only have one. I might pick Dumoulin over Malkin. Because when you pick Dumoulin over Malkin, you're picking not Matt Hunwick. Then again, the guy hasn't played in, in weeks. Maybe he'd do good. Maybe he'd be inspired. It certainly have a lot to prove coming back in. So a, a whole lot to talk about. But the big thing I want to see the Penguins clean up, and Borky hit the nail on the head, they got to play better defense. They got to allow less odd man breaks. They got to be smarter and better on the pinch. And they got to do all of that in the first 90 seconds of each period. To give up a goal inside the first 90 seconds of each of the first two games of a playoff series, the Penguins are lucky to be one and one. From that point of view, they are lucky to be one and one. Let's go to our good friend Bob. He is the cousin of Liverpool. Uh, Wonderscore Muhammad Salah. He's the Egyptian magician. Hello, my friend. How are you? Ah. Hey, Mark. What's up, Bob? 
He's actually Egyptian from Egypt. You're right. Are, what are you? I'm Persian. <laughs> anyway, I'm American, man. I've been here since 1975, so I'm an American over and over. Actually, That's, you're Pittsburgh. damn right, Bob. <laughs> here's, the, here's a few points that I got from last night. First of all, uh, you know, uh, this pinching uh, our defensemen are costing us, been costing us the, the regular season, and still they're doing it. I don't know how. Well, Bob, let, let me interrupt, though. They need to do it better, okay? They've been doing it for two years, and it's been a big foundation of winning the Stanley Cups. They need to keep doing it, but do it much better and much smarter. Agreed. As far as uh, the uh, goalie, uh, if if the guy hits him, and how about if Murray falls down over there? Uh, you call that blemish, or you're going to call that uh, you know goalie interference because? He hit him, uh, and uh, also when when the goal was in, uh, Sully could not uh, protest that. He couldn't challenge that because he already used one challenge. Correct? Uh, no, they checked that. No, what I'm saying is he challenged the goalie interference, and he didn't win. Right. So when when the goal was in, he couldn't challenge that. The Verona goal? I think he did challenge the Verona goal. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the goal that went in, and they said no. I think no. any goal gets reviewed, doesn't it? Well, couldn't he challenge it? Then they might have reviewed that one picture that they didn't. No, it got reviewed, Bob. I mean, you're kind of confusing me here, and thank you for the call. 412-333-9939. They reviewed it. It didn't count. That's how that went. Let's go to Mark and Cranberry. Mark, ask, uh, you're on with Double M. Good afternoon, Mr. Madden. What up? Uh, do you think the NHL is overlooking Tom Wilson's goonish acts because he's basically playing for a more high-caliber team and they want to basically see... He's playing capital. against a more high-caliber team, too. Yes, but... Why would the NHL protect him? Not one person has ever... Bought a ticket or turned on a TV to see Tom Wilson. What would well, be gained by protecting him? Uh, I don't see any value in him, but, you know, if you're from Washington, then they want to see him or they want to see the team succeed. Okay, I'm going to say it again real slowly. Not one person ever bought a ticket or turned on a TV to see Tom Wilson. So what is the upside of the NHL protecting him? If you're going to protect him, you might as well protect Jamie Alexiak. I completely agree with you on that aspect. Okay, so no, well, so we could agree then that, that what you're asking is is borderline insane. Question. The yeah, NHL just wants to protect tough hockey, which is a mistake too. But they want uh, aggression and toughness to meet as much as skill and speed. That's what the NHL wants. That is the Canadian mentality for the game, and that is indulging the Canadian mentality. 412-333-9939. You want to get calls and get them in now because we got Kevin Colbert at the bottom of the hour, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, check it out. Even as a kid, I was a super genius. I was the coolest white guy on the radio. <laughs> I think I'm the coolest guy, period, but what's up? The X at 105.9. 
Double M on the X. The basic issues are Wilson should be suspended. Hornquist goal should have counted. Verona's goal should not have counted. And getting back to Wilson and his headshot on Dumoulin, I believe that the Capitals are systematically trying to hurt the Penguins. I don't know if Barry Trotz is saying that loud, but I think he's saying it to certain players, namely Tom Wilson. And I think it's an understood concept uh, among all of the Washington players. Even Ovi. Ovi's running that double-team stuff. The hits with Wilson, and they hurt Wenberg in the first round. They hurt Dumoulin yesterday. Your thoughts at 412-333-9939. Kevin Colbert was our guest earlier. We're going to replay that interview at 530. Uh, The most in-depth interview, most revealing, done with the Steelers GM. Well, certainly since the draft, because that was just a few days ago, but uh, you know, you know, again, I, I think we we were smarter as a show. All the other shows had him on before the draft, but he couldn't talk about anybody, couldn't name names. Now he can because the draft's over, and uh, a lot of insight, especially on that first round pick Edmonds and what their plans for him are. But we talked to Colbert about hockey because he's a big hockey guy, and he said just like uh, like uh, Ken Dryden said. You got to take headshots out of the game. In football, intent doesn't matter. In hockey, intent shouldn't matter either. Like Ken Dryden said, if you hit somebody in the head, you should be penalized. The brain doesn't differentiate between intentional and accidental. And do you think Tom Wilson, like like Tom Wilson's hit so many guys in the head? You think it's always accidental? I mean, like let, let's say Sid hit somebody in the head, targeted. Somebody's head with his elbow or shoulder. You could believe that's accidental because he never does it. But Tom Wilson, over and over and over. Brad Marchand, over and over and over. Matt Cook, who played here, over and over and over. Let's go to Harry in the car. Harry, you're on with the super genius. (laughs) Um. It seems to me they're trying to use the rule uh, of the goalie interference to get the desired outcome. Case in point, if Murray had time to reset, according to the refs, why did the so you guy think the have game's fixed? To... You think the game's fixed, Harry? No, four times as much time to reset a goal waved off. And I'm talking about San Jose Jones. If you watch that game, they took that one away, and that was horrible. So you think they're and fixing it's... the games, Harry? I don't know what they're doing. It's a lot of money to have four games and seven games. Actually, uh, they don't do that. The, 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 the money nah, they would make from the money they would make fixing games to extend series is chump changed compared to what they would lose if they'd ever got outed. You th- and the players would have to be in it. You think the players are blowing games? The officials no, can't no, fix no, the no, game no, every no, time, no. you know. And the officials, I somebody would talk. Harry, you're stupid. You're old. Goodbye. I think some sports are susceptible to fixing. The NHL isn't one. Let's go to uh, Mark and Madison. Mark, you're on with Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. I gotta agree with everything you just said. But uh, oh, good. on on the on the Capitals hurting the Penguins at 147, Smith Pelly cross checks Gensel in the back viciously, and then Brooks Orpik roundhouses left into the head of Gensel right in front of the refs, and nothing was called. Yeah, Gensel took a beating yesterday, and I give the kid credit. He played through it, kept playing well. I thought he got a piece of that with Tangle, but I guess it deflected off a Washington stick, 
He's going to the front of the net. He's playing with a lot of uh, positive emotion. Uh, I give Jake Gensel uh, all the all the praise in the world for how he's played in these playoffs, and that's on top of his production. His production's been amazing, but Jake's earned every one of those points. Here's the exact quote from Kevin Colbert, by the way. In our game, intent is not an excuse. With hits to the head, there's no room for them in any sport. Good stuff from Kevin Colbert. Let's go to uh, Ryan and Gibsonia. Ryan, you're on with Double M. Hey, Double M. Um, just had a quick question. The NHL used to have that glowy puck, and it was a stupid idea, but why can't they use that technology? Well, that, that's a good point. A they could put a tracker in the puck. I believe that's I believe that's what I believe that's what English soccer does. There's goal line technology. The NHL should definitely and I can't believe they don't employ that. Up next, it's Steelers General Manager Kevin Colbert. I'm Mark Madden, 1059. My guest right now has more time to watch hockey now that the NFL draft is over. From the Steelers, we welcome General Manager Kevin Colbert. Uh Kevin, we will get to the Penguins in a bit, but uh, let's talk about the draft first. Before we discuss your picks, let me ask. Did you try to trade up to get an inside backer, and what were the obstacles? Well, Mark, you know we knew we knew the group of inside backers that were available. We knew they're they're all really good players. We kind of had an idea where they might get picked, and we knew the cost to go up. And then when we were able to trade Martavis and pick up an extra third, uh, that in you know that gave us extra ammunition to try to go up. But in the end, when you know when when we looked at everything and we understood that the certain guys might be gone, we were very happy and we recognized that Terrell Edmonds, if available at 28, would be would, would have been our pick anyway. And we were real happy that, that that transpired as it did because he can do, you know, he can do a lot of different things. And we were just happy that he was there at 28. Let's talk about Terrell Edmonds, your first round pick, the safety from Virginia Tech. I've heard it described as a hybrid. Uh, what does that mean, Kevin, in is he a hybrid? Well, you know, he's he's just under six one. He played about two hundred and seventeen. He, he runs at low four fours. He's very physical and he can cover. And you know, he's played in the box as a strong safety. He's been in the post. He's been in in the slot. He's been at some nickel linebacker. And not only be able to do those things physically, but to be able to handle those things intellectually from a football mentality standpoint um that was very intriguing to us because in in today's nfl you really got to have guys that are that are going to um, be able to get into and out of situations i mean you know nfl offenses are such that they if they think a player's better or worse in a certain situation they'll try to get that player lined up um against you just like we we kind of do that with Le'Veon. You go into certain matchups and maybe get him matched up against someone you think he can beat. So you got to have players that have that flexibility that can't get out um, out positioned by another team's strategy. And we think Terrell has that you know those abilities. Now, now a lot of people didn't rate him as a first rounder. What convinced the Steelers that he was? And and you must have been confident he would not be there when you picked in the second round, correct? Yeah, no question. I mean, we, we had, um, you know, by the time we pick a guy, Mark, we usually have five or six opinions, and there wasn't anybody um, between our scouts, myself, and our, our coaches that didn't think he was a first-round talent. Um, you know, he, he missed. Uh, he only played 10 games for, for Virginia Tech last year because he played 
whole year with the shoulder that he injured in training camp and you know he took it as far as he could and then shut it down after 10 games to have surgery um and that may have hurt him in some people's eyes but in our opinion he was clearly a first round pick and again that we made that determination really throughout the spring and we're real happy like i said that he was there at 28 do you feel he can play some right away well, I think the intellect is, is usually the thing that holds the kids coming back from or coming in from the colleges, but that was one thing that stood out about him. Uh, when you talk to him about what was happening on a certain play and how the motion he, he just recognized changed him from a strong to a free and what the other guys had to do, um, I think he'll be ahead of, the, ahead of the pace in that regard. So I think he'll be a quicker study than most young players are but you know that all remains to be seen until they get out there and do it nobody knows how much will roster composition potentially affect the Steelers scheme on defense uh I've heard the phrase heavy dime used with three safeties which of course could involve Edmonds uh how much will you temper the 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 game plan based on who you have well I think all that um, it's going to be determined by who these new guys are in the back end because really we have you know, Sean Davis could get moved from the strong safety alignment to the free. And you know, Morgan Burnett, who we brought in, does a lot of the same things at the NFL level that Terrell did in the college level. He's played three different, four different spots. And then you you add in Terrell, and then you add in Marcus Marcus Allen, who we took in the um, in the fifth round. And you try to sort through these guys and figure out what they can and can't do. But in all honesty, you know. We're uh, we're nickel defense is our starting defense. You know we're in a sub package defense seventy percent of the time. So really the old three four, um, our base defense you might only be in twenty twenty five percent. So you know it's it's a different game now. And you know we really have twelve starters on defense. That slot corner like Mike Hilton. I mean he's really a starter in today's game. Do you have enough an inside backer, Kevin? Do you guys feel like that group is good enough? Well, you know, when we lost Ryan, we understand, look, you're not going to replace Ryan Shazier. And, and the unfortunate thing last year, in the same quarter that Ryan got hurt in, Tyler Medikevich got hurt as well. And, you know, had he had the opportunity to finish out the season, it might be a different discussion. So Tyler's coming back healthy. We added John Bostic. And, again, we'll see how that group fits and, and what they can do and how much they're going to play in conjunction, in connection with these with these safeties. I think we have some options. Um, those guys, uh, again, John Bostic came in and played 14 games for the Colts last year and got himself on track. Tyler's done some real good things for us on special teams, but he has to prove that he can be a, a defensive player as well. So um, time will tell, and that's, that's something that you know we'll always be watching. I think I already know the answer to this one, but... Were you tempted at all to take an inside backer in the first two or three rounds just for the take a, sake of taking an inside backer? Only if they were only if they wanted to pick the value of the pick. And um, so you weren't going to jump uh, an, an inferior inside backer over a guy you liked in another position uh, better. No, that's that's always been, in our opinion, that's a that's a mistake. And at some point, you'll regret it. And, you know, when we looked at that group, there were some special guys. And then there was a bunch of guys that can do, you know, one or two things that you want linebackers to do, you know, to the NFL-type level. Maybe they were better first and second down run defenders. 
where they were third down pass defenders could help you on special teams. But really the, the group that could really help you on all four downs, there wasn't that many. So it was a good group. Um, we did what we, when you look at those guys and, and you look as to what's available, when it's available, um, you, you try to stay true to that board. And coach was, coach was real good about doing that because there was some times where there was some position type players available. And when we looked at it, um, he was comfortable in staying with the higher rated guys. We're talking to Steelers general manager Kevin Colbert here on 105.9 The X. You got James Washington in the second round, a wide receiver from Oak State. Was he the best deep threat in the draft? That seems to be his calling card. You know, he's caught 38 touchdowns. Um, and you look at him and he's, you know, he's just under six foot. You know, he's going to run in the low four fives. Um, but he's got 38 touchdowns in his career. So, you know, James does a nice job of setting up the deep routes, positioning with the ball in the air, and then completing the catch. Uh, it's not necessarily running away from folks, but it's the, the ability to make that catch deep. A lot of the same qualities that Juju Smith-Schuster had, um, you know, they're not the fastest, but for some reason they don't get caught and they get deep and make big catches. So James had that ability, but, you know, because they don't hit Mark Tavis anymore, Eli Rogers isn't re-signed at this point. You really were looking for a combination, a guy that could get deep and who may be also able to help out in the slot over time. So we hope in James we got a guy that can play and help us in two different areas. Um, and, and, again, time will tell. Is Mason Rudolph the likely successor to Ben at quarterback? Was that pick made with that in mind? Well, you know what, Mark, it's another option. Um you know, as long as you got a guy like Ben, who's, who's a Hall of Fame quarterback, um, you, you're always going to be, as long as he's healthy and playing at the level that we, we think he'll play at until the day he decides to retire, you're never going to be in a position where you're going to have the opportunity to draft those quarterbacks. You know, when we drafted Ben, um, that was our worst, that was our highest draft position since the, uh, the since the Plexico Burris pick. And fortunately, that year, there was three Hall of Fame quarterbacks available, and we got one of them. But rarely are you going to be in that type of position. So we had, you know, we had first-round grades on Mason, and um, we looked at it. And, of course, we weren't going to address it real high because, again, Ben has, you know, we hope those three years that he talks about left. But when you get to the third round, it's like, no, guys, you, you're going to make a mistake if we leave this guy out here, and it's it's – Something you might not regret in 2018, but in 2021, you'll be hitting yourself in the head. So we think he was a first-round talent. We think he can be a starting, winning NFL quarterback at some point. And who knows where that point is. That's nothing against Landry or Joshua Dobbs. It's just the opportunity to add that, that fourth guy to this mix. And you probably weren't going to have that opportunity somewhere down the road, so we had to cash in on it. Well, you mentioned that you guys feel Mason Rudolph uh, was a first-round talent. And I've seen a lot of people agree with that, Kevin. In fact, I've seen draft nicks uh, that think he's comparable to some of the quarterbacks that did go in the first round. What makes him good? Well, you know, he's, the size is there. The uh, the arm talent is there. The intellect and the production, it, it all adds up. You know, and you talk about, um, you know, kids coming out of colleges, you know, sometimes they have inflated stats. So what we try to do is sort through what we think are routine-type throws and look for NFL-type throws. And, you know, Mason certainly made and, and was successful on his share of those types of throws. 
Um, so really, it, it really wasn't that hard of a decision. Is he a scrambler? No. Is he a guy that can move around and create throws in the pocket? Yes. So, you know, he had one throw against Pitt where pocket broke down on him. He flushed, got out to the left, and, you know, is flushed the wrong way, and he throws it 50 yards down the field for a touchdown. So those types of things, um, the talent's certainly there, the intellect, the sideline demeanor, all that was a positive for us. Uh, the fourth-round pick for Western Michigan, the tackle, how do you pronounce his name, Kevin? Because I don't want to sound stupid. You know, it's Chukwuma Okorafor. So we just call him, his nickname is Chooks, and we'll just, you know, we got a little hockey. We'll use the nickname on that <laughs> one. But he's a, uh, he's an interesting kid because he's, um, again, that fourth round, um, we had him graded better than that, and he has the ability to someday be a, a starting tackle. Um, he is, he's very You can talented. never have too many of those, can you? You can't because there's not that many, and you're never usually in a position to take one. Um, we've only, since we've had Coach Munchak, we've only drafted one offensive lineman. But he's done, you know, Coach Munch has done such a great job with a guy like Alejandro Villanueva. And, um, you know, last year Chris Hubbard goes and is a high-priority free agent when he hit free agency, and, you know, we got him, you know, we gave him to Coach Munch as a free agent. So, Chooks has a lot of talent. Um, he's still learning the game. He only started playing when he was a sophomore in high school. So there's, um, you know, you use that term upside a lot, but this is a kid that really, it really ranks. Um, that's what he's got. What was the reasoning behind the Martavis Bryant trade to Oakland for third-round pick? How much of that was about getting the pick? How much was about uh, uh, getting rid of Martavis? And how much had to do with, you know, his off-the-field issues? Well, really, the off-the-field stuff, he's put that in his past, and to his credit, you know, he got back last year and, and did a nice job. You know, usually the percentage of the kids that end up with a one-year suspension of making it and coming back and being productive isn't real high. So to his credit, he was able to do that. You know, and really, you look down the road, and chances are he wasn't, you know, because we have Antonio and because we have uh, Juju, he probably wouldn't have been a guy that would want to stay here when he becomes a free agent. You know, when you look at guys like that, he's going to be a priority to somebody, and we probably would have gotten a third-round compensatory pick, but that wouldn't have been until 2020. So teams were inquired about him, really, since he got back with us. But it was never enough to say, yeah, let's, let's do it, because I'd rather have the player um, than a, in the third round down the road than a not having the player and having a lower pick. But when... You know, when Oakland got to the third round, um, it opened up our eyes and said, no, this is something we should do because, again, it gave us more ammunition to maybe trade up. It gave us the ammunition. It ended up being the pick that we used on Mason Rudolph. So somewhere down the road, um, that could be a substantial pick. Now, I want to clarify the Steelers' uh, method of drafting, which should be pretty obvious by now, but you guys don't skew your draft to concentrate on on, on one year ever, right? Or or in this case, really, Ben's three-year window. It, it really is just strictly a best athlete, isn't it? It is, Mark, but it's relative. I mean, if, if there's a player, and you know I don't like the word need, I like the word want. I know if we have a want for a position and, and a, that player's available and he's rated um, equally to or just, you know, in the close vicinity to the other, of course we'll take the player of one. Um, and we did it this year with James Washington. You know, you're always, 
you're measuring your 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 wanting to win a championship in 18. That's our that's our main focus. But we're not going to lose sight of you know keeping this franchise um, competitive year in and year out. So we looked and we actually talked about taking Mason Rudolph um, with the second pick. And then we decided, no, let's help the let's help the 2018 team with James Washington. If Mason happens to be there with our first third round pick, then we'll jump on it. And fortunately, he was there. But that's a case where you're always you're measuring now versus the future. And, and our job is to is to make the most of both of those situations. So hopefully, we did. Okay, now with this football stuff, where where's the Penguin series at? What do you make of it? Well, you know what. And it, you know this as well as I do. I've, I've learned a long time ago with this group of guys, never doubt them. Um, every time they've been faced with a challenge, they've won. And, you know, they did it last year during the playoffs when, you know, they, they were down a game and they had to go on the road or they had a guy injured or whatever. Every challenge this group has been faced with, they've overcome it. I mean, I remember during this season, you know, they were beginning of the year, they weren't playing real good. They played real bad. I happened to be at the game against Carolina. And that was the night they had to fly to the New York to play the Islanders. And they had their flight canceled. They had to go the next day, take a two-hour bus trip. But from that point forward, they really played their best hockey. So I think any time this group has been faced with something, they always get, they always come through the other side. So, okay, it's a... It's a five-game series. They got the home ice, but you know, I know in their eyes, it's a it's a one-game series, and that's tomorrow night. And I have no doubt that this group will face that challenge and come through it because they've proven it game in and game out. So I'm excited. I'll be there. I know you'll be there, and it's going to be fun. No question. What what you make of that hit to the head by Wilson? It seems like all the sports can't get away from hits to the head. No, you know what, and you know, hits to the head is something we're all trying to get out. Um, in our game, intent is not a uh, is not an excuse. Um, you know, it's on a defender. You know, and in Ryan Dumoulin's case, he was a defenseless player. I know they don't manage it; they don't call it that way. But it, you've got to take and punish those hits to the head, or they're not going to go away. It's unfortunate because. You know, the flip side of it, whether he plays or not, that's that he didn't play the rest of that game. And, you know, the player didn't get penalized. He didn't get suspended. So, you know, you hate to say they won in that situation because Dumoulin wasn't able to come back. But hits to the head, there's no room for him in any sport. Intent, you can argue that all the time. But um, you got to take the intent away from it and just recognize that the hits are not good for any sport. Let's get them out. Um, intentional or not, if you if you take away that 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 uh, that excuse, it'll help. Uh, can we ever get all those hits out of our sports? Probably not, because it's just contact contact sports at very high levels. But if you take away the opportunity to have an excuse of intent or accident, um, I, I think it'll help you get those hits out. Boy, forget GM Kevin. You should be head of the department of player safety and hockey. Hey, great stuff. Thank you, as always, for taking the time. Hope to see you at the game tomorrow night. All right, Marky. Take care. That is Steelers General Manager Kevin Colbert. I'm Mark Madden. Up next, it's time to Ask Mark Anything. 412-333-WXDX. That's 412-333-WXDX. This is Patrick Hornquist of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 1059DX. It's time to ask Mark Anything brought to you by Chapino Restaurant and Cigar Bar. 
It's the city's best seafood and chapa, so check out Chapino in the Strip. Tomorrow, I'm doing my show live from Buford's Kitchen across from PPG Paints Arena. It's brought to you by Bud Light. You can win two tickets to tomorrow night's game, but you got to be there at Buford's, so see you tomorrow at Buford's before the game with Bud Light. Let's go to Harry in Evans City. Harry, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, how you doing today? What up? Hey, two two part question for you. Uh, what is the most disappointing headliner you've ever seen at a concert? That's actually a really good question. I don't know that I've seen one in recent memory that I would call disappointing. Now, when I reviewed concerts, so I was going to see some shows I didn't necessarily want to go to. There were some uh, acts I didn't like. For example, the Moody Blues. I thought they were so deadly dull, it, it almost made my testicles drop off and roll away. <laughs> now, now I, I will I will say it got me publicity because I gave them a terrible review in the Post-Gazette. And the next day, Quinn and Banana, on I guess they were on B94 back when, just ripped yeah. me a new one. Then years later, I asked Mr. Quinn about it, Jim Quinn, and he didn't remember. Let's go to Zach and Squirrel Hill. Zach, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, I was just curious, why is Japanese porn, you know, censored or scrambled? What do you mean censored? How is it censored? Uh, there's pixels over genitalia. Really? Yes. I don't yes. believe that. I'd have to see that to believe it, and I will as soon as this show's over. Let's go to Colin in Wexford. Colin, ask Mark anything. Hey, who would win in a fight, Josh Harrison or Ronda Rousey? Josh Harrison or James Harrison? <laughs> well, that one's easy. No, it's not. Uh, I mean, I don't know about Josh Harrison. I don't know if he can fight. I don't know if he's tough. Uh, right. I think Ronda would have a chance against Josh Harrison because she could make him tap. I don't know if I don't know if Ron is strong enough to like get James Harrison in an arm bar and make him tap. That's rather hard to imagine, isn't it? Yeah, it is. He's got she's got the technique, but he's got the strength. So you never know. I'd, I'd pick James Harrison over Rousey, but Rousey over Josh Harrison. How's that? All right, I like it. Thank you. And they would both beat up Harrison Ford. All three beat up Harrison Ford, and that's the fight I would most like to see. Any of them against Harrison Ford. I almost forgot a crappy nil-nil draw against friggin' crappy Stoke on Saturday. Oh, well, we're on a Wednesday. Show ruined. 105.9 X.